Today on Learn Me Something. Rats with wings. Versus. Shower thoughts. Hey, welcome to the podcast. My name is Josiah and this is my co-host Caleb. What's up? And uh, if you've never listened to this podcast before, it's a competitive teaching podcast where we each present a topic to each other and then we have you as the listener decide who wins and who loses. Uh-huh. And uh, so speaking of losing, last week's loser was Caleb. And uh, what did you have to do last week? Well, um, I had to I had to order the hottest wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. And I had to eat the whole thing. And um, let me just say that in honor of being a spontaneous podcast, I actually brought a surprise. Um, I have not eaten them yet. <gasps> I'm going to eat them oh, live right cow. now. <laughs> oh my goodness. So this is, uh, this is better than I could have hoped for. So they're they look terrifying here, Josiah. Let me let me hold them up a so little bit. You got bit the for snack you. size, the six? Uh yes. And so I, I was looking on the internet, and it said when you're eating spicy foods, eat them slowly. So what? I might space them out throughout the episode <laughs> and just try to record this whole podcast while also Wait. in immediate pain. <laughs> Wait, do you th- you think you'll be able to to like present with? Uh, we'll see. I'm gonna eat a few of them now, and if it's absolutely horrible, then I will have you go first. <laughs> Okay. And then uh, we'll just see what happens. I figured oh there's nothing like a little bit of, um, you know, excitement and thrill to really oh, the, make a podcast come alive. This so is very exciting. I guess I'll... Holy cow. I am so scared. I guess I'll take a bite. Okay. I've always heard that it's best, or I, I would think it would be best to eat them fast and just get it over with. Mm. Oh, he's looking like he's loving it. It looks like it hasn't quite hit yet, but I'm waiting for that moment that it like, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Holy cow. Do you have some kind of like uh, milk or water or something? Yes, I uh, snuck a full cup of milk before we hit record. That's so brilliant. Is that actually why you were were, uh, on the road before you started recording? So we were supposed to start recording at a certain time and I had to text Josiah and say, hey, I'm I'm gonna be a few minutes. <laughs> I'm gonna be a few minutes late because uh, I ordered the wings. Oh my goodness! Like an hour and a half ahead of time, and when I got there, they were like, oh, uh, okay, we'll start on those real fast. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, well, there goes all my planning. Whew. Okay, for reference, I've eaten half of one, and uh, you think you can eat eat the rest of them? I'm uh, I'm. Sh- <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. I'm just going to eat the next one right now. Okay, just go for it. Oh, pop the whole thing in. Are Woo! they are they boneless or traditional? I got boneless. Okay. Cuz I didn't want to have to worry about taking the extra time to like yeah, you know, just, find the meat and all that. Just pop just it all to... in. Mhm. How you feeling? Oh boy. Can you talk? Um, I'm crying. And I think I'm spiking a fever. <laughs> Let's uh, keep in mind, my tolerance for spicy food is, like, I usually get a medium. Okay. <laughs> Whenever we go to Buffalo Wild. <laughs> that's, like, 
That's like the hottest that I get. <laughs> Let me take another. I'm like I, shaking. I've been uh, working my way up. So I started. I started pretty low. Then why low. didn't people vote for me? <laughs> I don't because I kind of would have been sort of excited to do this because like I've been wanting to do it anyway. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm pretty glad I am not doing it right now. <laughs> Just based on so... looking at you. Okay. Well. Um... In order to keep the podcast alive, let's just <laughs> just keep recording here. Okay. Are you one in? One full one in so far? I'm one full one down. Okay. Five more. And it is unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's tearing up a lot. So anyway, if you're new to the podcast, this is what happens. This is the first time that we've done a punishment po- uh, live on the next episode. And it's also... Maybe the worst experience I've ever had in my life. <laughs> you know, I was thinking you get all the like the physical challenges, and I get the endurance challenges. You get the ones that are just frustrating, and yeah. I kind of get the ones that just kind of hurt. That are hard, yeah. Why is... I think I would prefer like a frustrating one next time. You know what? I think, I think people aren't actually voting on the topic. I think they just like seeing you in pain, and they like seeing me <laughs> be frustrated. <laughs> Woo! Okay, I just ate a full second one. Okay. Yeah, just I say just do it quick. <sighs> the tear is dripping down my face. <laughs> this is awesome. Is this the hottest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, by a factor of like 10. Oh, wow. Whew. Okay, Josiah. Um, so so, I, so yeah. normally, if you're first time listening, what we do here is we play a game to see who will go first. But in honor of the uniqueness of this specific episode and the current state of one of the hosts, uh, I might just have Josiah go first. Okay. <laughs> if that's all right with you, Josiah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll try and just talk so you don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> I'll jump in here. There. It's, okay. I'm, I'm able to speak. It just... You're coherent, Also which is hurts good. really bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for my topic today, uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the rock dove. Do you know what a rock dove is? No. Okay, it's it's an actual animal. It's uh, it is a rock dwelling bird. Um, they are on. They're located on every continent, and apparently they're the easiest pets to have and the cleanest birds. And they, they're they're actually really common. You see them everywhere. Huh. But they actually go by a different name. Um, some people call them rats with wings, and some people most <laughs> commonly call them pigeons. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so today I'm going to be talking about the pigeons. This was a sneaky lead-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's actually no difference between a dove and a pigeon. It's, mm-hmm. it's just the name and basically the perception of what a dove and a pigeon are. But it's the same, same species. Uh-huh. Um, just real quick break. How are you doing? You look very sweaty. You're glistening. Oh, man. So I sent my caretaker to get me more milk, <laughs> and it is so painful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, more milk has arrived. Oh, good. Are you halfway? No. <laughs> I've had two. All right. Uh, yeah, so pigeons. Um, so a little bit, I'll uh, teach you about pigeons, about a little bit about how they are, how they work, and and then we'll go into <laughs> okay. uh, kind of their relationship with humans and uh, 
and their intelligence. That's something that I'll be talking about mostly is their intelligence. Oh, that that's intriguing. Yeah, because let me just say. <laughs> uh, so uh, pigeons mate for life, which is kind of sweet, you know. Oh, but they <laughs> apparently males will most definitely cheat on their mates and just <laughs> and and they can't even tell males and females apart. So they'll coo and do their little mating dance to any pigeon <laughs> and and then just hope it's a female. <laughs> you you mentioned their intelligence earlier. Yeah, yeah. But they're not intelligent enough to to, to know gender. Um, <laughs> apparently not. But it's I'm so excited to get into these these stories. Uh but Okay. Um they also kiss, which is funny. The the uh the pigeons, they like put their beaks together and I guess that's some kind of mating thing which is kind of sweet except for the cheating that's not very sweet um they can, <laughs> it's less sweet <laughs> yeah less so they can also see colors that we can't they can see a wider range of the color spectrum which is kind of cool uh-huh. it's kind of interesting to think about colors that are out there that we have no no knowledge of yeah that's always blown my mind like i don't get i don't understand that yeah yeah you you think you can see everything but it's it's crazy. I, I'm, my mind is mm-hmm. starting to hurt. Is it hurting as much as my mouth? No, definitely not. <laughs> so pigeons aren't actually from America or even North America. They were brought over here uh, domestically because back in the day, people would raise pigeons for showing and racing, and they would raise them for eating. They were they were like <laughs> people ate pigeons all the time. Apparently, what? Um and. Today, still, there's uh, pigeon fanciers, and there's thousands of different types of pigeons. Just like there's the Westminster, Westminster Dog Show, they have pigeon yeah, yeah, pigeon yeah. shows, and they uh, <laughs> so they they breed them for color and the and uh, little fluffy feathers on their back and in their on their neck. And pu- th- this is a whole side of humanity that I've never yeah. heard about. Yeah, there's there's like <laughs> there's like a million people. In the world that are into pigeons, uh, whether that's uh, raising and showing, or racing and tumbling, racing and tum- tumbling is kind of interesting. Um, so racing, basically, you can take a pigeon and train it to go back to its coop, and that's how homing pigeons work. Is you you uh-huh. start it at a location, bring it out a little ways, let it fly back, bring it out farther from a like a different direction and let it fly back and eventually they can they can uh, fly up to a thousand miles i think back to their coop really yeah and like you can literally blindfold them drive them away and they'll fly they'll find their way back that's really interesting wait hold on pause one second yeah yeah. yep um mal can i have some more milk please (laughs) All right, that's that's two glasses of milk down. This is my third glass coming up. Whew. So uh, you can blindfold them. <laughs> yeah, you can blindfold them. You can uh, take them up to a thousand miles away in some cases, and they'll find their way back. Um, so the way racing works is that every pigeon has a different finish line, uh-huh. but they all start in the same place, so they have little. Uh, chips attached to their legs and when they get back to their coop they're 
their time is done, and then they do the average speed over the flight. That is and pe- hilarious. People, people can win a lot of money, like tens of thousands of dollars. If really? You, yeah, but it's but it costs so much to like feed the pigeons and keep them healthy, and and it takes so much time. Yeah, tra- training and everything that nobody really makes like a sustainable <laughs> living. It's more like <laughs> just a hobby thing. Classic. Yeah, and uh, there's actually tumbling also, which is actually really cool. They get what's called a kit, just like a big group of pigeons that go up together, and they try and get them to do backflips in the air all together. And what? It's re- it's really weird looking. Is um, there a video well, of this? Yeah, just look up pigeon tumbling after you drink out of that, like finish the milk out of that milk jug. I did not anticipate <laughs> running out of milk, but we're getting close to that point. You got to like pace it. So the worst thing, and we can go back to pigeon tumbling, which yeah, is go ahead. Uh, bizarre. Um, the worst thing is that it doesn't go away. Like when you drink the milk, yeah. it feels great. But when you're done, it just creeps back still in. still there. Mal is at the door holding almond milk in case. <laughs> the backup. <laughs> I've always heard that uh, water is supposed to make it worse, but it, it makes it better for me, I think. Maybe so it's I did some mental. research, um, yeah. which is funny. I almost actually did this as my topic just because I thought it would be funny. Yeah. Of like how <laughs> spicy food works. But there's like, a, uh-huh. there's like a chemical that interacts with your taste buds and it's like dissolved or there's a chemical reaction that happens with fat and that's why dairy is so helpful just fun fact mm. yeah and water doesn't have any of that so, so it just moves it, it might around cool or your tongue for a second but it's yeah. not dissolving yeah. any of that right that's just kind of yeah. sitting yeah maybe you can do like you can do the milk challenge by the time you're done with this drink a gallon <laughs> of milk and <laughs> i'm pretty much just doing them both at once <laughs> <laughs> it's like a double punishment from last week Okay, so look up look up pigeon tumbling. And there's also pigeon rolling. One of them is front flips, one of them is back flips. Uh-huh. Um it's pretty weird looking, but they they spin really fast. And that's also another competition where um judges will judge how in sync the birds do it and how many can do it at once and uh-huh. how long they're in the air, which uh super interesting. Yeah. And there's a big market appar- apparently for it. Um, so even though there's still people that do it today, showing and racing and, and tumbling and everything, as you could probably guess, the public doesn't have a great perception of pigeons, um, (laughs) (laughs) because they, they just infest the streets and they poop on everything and they eat trash. They're just generally the worst. Yeah. But actually every single pigeon is a direct descendant of a domesticated pigeon that was brought over here by Americans. So there's no actual wild pigeons in America. Really? They're all feral. And I just learned that feral means that it's a a descendant of a domesticated animal. Huh. That is so bizarre. So, yeah, every single pigeon in in America is feral. So even though there's not a great perception, they're actually really smart. And a lot of people have done... A lot of really 
just honestly funny things with them. <laughs> um, look, the the government has used them. The military's used them. No way. Just, okay, I'm I'm gonna go through some things that pigeons have learned to do. Um, so the first one was called. Uh, <laughs> this is probably my favorite. Uh, pro- it's called Project Pelican. It was. Uh, they were trying to do. What's it called when you <laughs> when you uh, get like a plane autopilot? Oh, but 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 like with a with a missile. What's that called? Um, like this targeting. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll just call it like automatic targeting. So they uh, this they didn't have that technology quite yet. So there was one guy named B.F. Skinner who came up with a device. That was like a nose cone that we would be attached to a missile, mm-hmm. and three pigeons would go in it <laughs> ar- around the cone, and they each had a screen in front of them, and they were trained to peck at the the target, the intended target, and if they would peck, if the thing was, if the uh, target was on the left, they would peck to the left, which would make the missile aim what? left. No way. So they there was three pigeons completely controlling this this missile, and it would it was just like a kamikaze <laughs> mission like like they would just uh, oh. ram into something with the missile, and it it never actually got off the ground. They lost funding for it, so they never actually were able to use it. And mostly mostly because the technology had was kind of developing, and was a little bit more reliable, I think, or was getting to be more reliable. Um, yeah, <clears throat> so. And that was actually in part funded by General Mills, the people that make what? the cereal, <laughs> which is like a fun little what fact. A, what a bizarre story. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they helped fund, uh, oh, it's like a homing homing missile, basically. Yeah, there it is. That's the word. Yeah, mostly because it's like homing pigeon. Okay, so uh, they were also used by the Coast Guard. Actually, before we go into this, how are you doing? How many wings do you have down? <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ooh, I choked, and it made it way worse everywhere. <laughs> Let the record show I finished the last one. You did? I finished it. I had the whole thing. I wow. did the challenge. Wow. While paying attention to pigeon facts. Which I don't think is anything that anyone else in the universe has been <laughs> able to say up until now. Well done. I'm very impressed. Well and done. I feel like I, I held conversation at least a little bit. Yeah. I gave you some mm-hmms. Yeah, that was great. Now you're onto the almond milk. Yeah. The yucky milk. It's calming, <laughs> but it still builds up. Like after a minute, it hurts as bad yeah. again as like the first yeah. one I ate. So I don't never done this before. I don't know how long this effect is supposed to last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I, I can talk about pigeons for a while if you need. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm doing okay. I, I mean, do go on and talk about it for a while because it's incredibly interesting. (laughs) All right. So we'll go on to talk about the Coast Guard. And, uh, so this was called Project Sea Hunt. And this project was based around trying to find people lost at sea, either Mm -hmm. just floating or, or like in in little ships or at buoys or something. So what they did was they attached a little bubble to the bottom of a helicopter, basically, and each pigeon would get 
120 degrees looking (laughs) outwards. And actually, pigeons can see 300 degrees around, so there's only a 60-degree section that they can't see behind them. I didn't know that. That's interesting. And, And each eye is controlled separately by the brain, so it's different than us where we see things together, but they can... Apparently, see things oh, what on either side weird, of their head separately. What a weird sensation that would be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you all of a sudden had that as a superpower. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if they can like move their eyes, or if they can move them separately. But that would be kind of cool. Like, com- I think chameleons can do that, move them separately. Uh-huh. Um, so basically, what they do, they would do, they get a bubble and a little chunk of sea that they had to look at, and they were trained to peck. A key is called a peck key, uh-huh. and and uh, food would come out if there was a orange flag up in their training. So if the flag was up and they pecked it, they'd get food. If the flag was down and they pecked it, they would not get food. Okay. So they were trained to to peck when they saw the the flag come up. Interesting. And they were smart enough to be able to be trained in that way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You'll see how smart they are. Uh, You'll and, see. Uh, <laughs> you who know so little about pigeons. <laughs> I, I really my my perception has changed, and uh, I hope to change everybody else's perception <laughs> in the whole world. No, just kidding. Uh, so uh, on the first pass of testing, pigeons outperformed humans in both speed and accuracy. Um, and pigeons. I, the first time around, pigeons did like three times as good as humans within the first pass of what? looking for things out in the ocean. But then once humans learned that pigeons were outperforming them, they did better. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the the humans or the pigeons still <clears throat> did better than the humans. Um, but this really project was also also defunded uh, because of lack of. Well, I mean, the, it, they were performing fine, but there was technology coming out that was doing better than the pigeons. <laughs> um, Thankfully, and you can, yeah. And actually, the first uh, the first set of birds that was trained, uh, the helicopter was out too long and ran out of gas, and so the the helicopter had had to have an emergency crash landing in the in the water, and the pigeons didn't make it. The people did. Thankfully, uh-huh. but the pigeons didn't make it. So they had to retrain new pigeons. And by then, it was defunded towards the end of that. <laughs> by that point, everyone was like, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, also, just independent researchers have have been working with pigeons as well. Uh, pigeons can recognize misspelled words. No way. So let me read you this. A group of researchers from New Zealand were able to train four pigeons to consistently with 70% accuracy, recognized dozens of words. The smartest pigeon learned about 60 words that it could distinguish from about 1,000 non-words. What? So uh, how they did this was they had a screen with a star and a word on it, and if the word was spelled correctly and they pecked this correctly spelled word, food would come out. But if the word was spelled wrong, then they would peck the star and food would come out. So, like, if there was a a wrong spelled word, like a, a letter was 
uh, wrong. And they were just yeah. like four or five letter words, just simple words. If like a, a, le- a word was spelled wrong and they pecked the word, then nothing would happen. And so they learned that if I peck the star, then food's going to come out. And huh. so they, they, they could train them to get good at, at identifying these words. Um, and this actually also happens with object recognition. There's another group that trained them. <laughs> this is really funny. Uh, to recognize which child children's paintings were good and bad. <laughs> so, so they had, they had a, a selection of 10 kids' paintings, and five of them were placed in the good category and five were placed in the bad category by, <laughs> by people. Yeah. And, and they did this to test object recognition and to see like, okay, this is obviously a tree. So that's a good painting. This, who knows what it is. So it's a bad painting. (laughs) And, and like make, you can make an an argument that that's not a good way of describing what's good and bad art, but that's how they did this. I hope they didn't tell the kids, okay, you, (laughs) you're in the bad, the bad artist group. (laughs) Even the pigeon could know this was bad. <laughs> uh, okay, so so they they train them to um, peck at which painting is good, or if you peck at the painting that's good, you get grain. If you peck at the bad painting, you get no grain. And so eventually, they were able to get all the pigeons to choose the good paintings. And there was some a theory that they were just recognizing the paintings and not what was in the paintings. Or like the uh-huh. the good paintings, so they completely switched out the paintings, still with a good and bad uh, rating. Yeah, and all the pigeons were able to choose the good paintings. That's weird. Yeah, and holy cow! Yeah. So they are super intelligent. Yeah, but my favorite thing is that they look so dumb. <laughs> Like they just hop around and like yeah. they're so jerky and and the way they look around and they're always like they look <laughs> like they're on edge. That reminds me of uh, that reminds me of Bolt. Remember the pigeons in Bolt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Poor guys. So uh, they can also correctly identify breast cancer better than humans, better than trained humans and doctors. Really? So this is similar to the words where. If they pecked, they had two buttons, right? A yes, a yes button, which was blue, and a no but no button, which was yellow. And they were shown a picture, and if it had cancer, and they correctly, they press the right button, they would get food. And let me read you this: in the study, sixteen pigeons were trained to detect cancer by putting them in a roomy chamber where magnified biopsies of possible breast cancers were displayed. Correctly identifying a growth as benign or malignant by pecking one of the two answer buttons on a touch screen earned them a tasty forty-five milligram pigeon pellet. Once trained, the pigeons' average diagnostic accuracy reached an impressive eighty-five percent. But when a flock sourcing approach was taken in which the most common answer among all subjects was used, group accuracy climbed to a staggering 99%. What? Or what would be expected from a pathologist. The pigeons were also able to apply their knowledge to novel images, showing the findings weren't simply a result of rote memorizations. So it's the same thing with the paintings, where they would give they them a new set memorize. of paintings, and they could still they could still identify the difference. 
Wow. Which is, that's actually mind blowing. Yeah. I feel so bad that for so long I've just been like, <laughs> hey, you dumb bird. Get away. I've, I've, I've actually thought before of like getting a pigeon and uh, training it to home. So getting a little coop and like, it'd just be so fun to bring a pigeon somewhere and say like, okay, uh, if you need to send me a message, put a little note in its little yeah. <laughs> uh, leg, in the little carrier on its leg and just let it go. And I'll, I'll get the message within <laughs> 10 minutes. But, but since doing all this research, I really want to like train a pigeon to do something yeah because uh uh the guy there's a bf skinner he's the guy who was in involved in project pelican he did a lot of work with pigeons and like he he was able to train them to play ping pong and to like spin in a circle like a quick a quick one he was doing like a, a live test in front of an audience and he's like uh i'm gonna train this pigeon to spin in a circle and so, like every time, every time uh, it started to spin, he'd give it food, and then as it would spin more, he would wait, and then give it food, and like just right then and there, it's, he started to train it to spin in a circle. And like, it, <laughs> I don't know. It seems really dumb because all they are doing that for is food, but like the fact that they can identify breast cancer and misspelled words is just yeah no kidding uh okay the last thing we're going to talk about a famous pigeon celebrity um of course <laughs> you probably have heard about share me right <laughs> the famous pigeon celebrity yeah everybody who's anybody knows him or her or <laughs> uh him yeah he's a famous pigeon war hero and celebrity mm. uh okay so join me in the trenches of world war one 1918 there are 550 american troops that have ventured too far into the argonne forest and have become trapped behind enemy lines okay they brought pigeons with them um because that's what they did they used pigeons a lot in world war one because if you're at a place where you can't bring a radio radios had to have wires connecting them yeah you can't bring a wire then pigeons were used you would bring some of your like home bases pigeons and they would bring some of yours so you could just send them back hmm. uh to their to their home so uh they were trapped behind enemy lines uh pigeons weren't being weren't super reliable at the time even though they had them they tried sending an SOS message to get um, help, but two days in, they began to be shot by U.S. heavy artillery, so their their own people were shooting them. Hmm. There was no radio contact, and 30 men died at the hands of their own country on accident. So it's a pretty bad situation. Their last hope was pigeons. They began sending birds with a message saying, hey, we're here and you're shooting us. Stop it. <laughs> quit that and uh so a problem with pigeons in a war zone is that everybody knows that everybody knows what they're for so the pigeons kept getting shot down and uh and messages can easily get intercepted if 
it gets shot down over enemy territory. Right. So it's it's pretty risky. But one bird after another kept getting shot down. They had one pigeon left, and this was Cherami. They they put a message in the leg. They threw it in the air, and he took a bullet to the chest and hit the dirt. Um, but he like shook it off and and then flapped flapped what? back up in the sky. And then twenty five miles back to base and thirty minutes he made it back, um, blind in one eye. Uh, with a hole in his chest, and one leg was hanging by a tendon <gasps> by the time he got home. And that was the leg with the message on it. And the message said, We are, alo- we are along the road parallel to 276.4. Our own artillery is dropping a barrage directly on us. For heaven's sake, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that, 190 men, 197 men were saved by Cherami's heroic journey. That and, uh, is so cool. Apparently, they made a little wooden prosthetic leg. He lived another nine months before being awarded um, one of France's highest military honors, <laughs> which is uh, the Croix de Guerre. I practice this French word. Croix. Croix de Guerre, maybe. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know it, so I am sure it's right. Okay. <laughs> Take me, someone who always knows how to pronounce things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, he is stuffed and in the Smithsonian today. You can go see him. <laughs> and Cher Ami is French for dear friend. Wow. How have they not made a movie about it? Cher Ami? Uh, I'm sure they've made documentaries. But like a Disney... Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a Hacksaw Ridge style movie, but the <laughs> pigeon is the main character. Like just as violent. Yep. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, so there you have it. Pigeons, or also known as rock doves, are very intelligent. They're they're like up there with primates, with monkeys. Hmm. Yeah, my knowledge before this day of pigeons was <laughs> very little. <laughs> That's not is that grammatically correct? Uh sure. Why not? <clears throat> okay. Um, I feel like my eyes have just been open to like a really cool aspect of the world that I never knew about. Yeah. Thanks for learning me something. Yeah, of course. Uh, I thought of something else. Um, some experts say that you shouldn't feed pigeons because that uh, leads to overpopulation. Because if a pigeon doesn't have to look for food all the time it's gonna mate Mm -hmm. all the time and it only takes i believe four weeks for a pigeon to become old enough to mate oh and so that between that and the gestation period of a pigeon it doesn't take long for pigeons to (laughs) turn over and like reproduce so yeah they say not to feed pigeons because it makes them lazy, <laughs> and uh, they just mate all the time. Um, but oh, re- uh, pigeons can also recognize faces, human faces. So uh, they did hmm. studies where they were feeding pigeons, which uh, they shouldn't have done. I'm just kidding. You can you can do what you want <laughs> if uh, it's for science. For science, you can do what you want if it's for science. They uh, <laughs> two people, different people, were feeding pigeons, except one would shoo them away. 
and later they could recognize a person who was being nice to them, even if they switched jackets. Hmm. And uh, so they can recognize facial features, apparently. So, well, there you have it. Yeah, that's about all I got. Really um, interesting, though. Yeah, that. It's not every day that there's a topic that I just know absolutely nothing about. So that yeah. was fun. Yeah, I. This is like the first topic that I'm like, I might like do a part two someday. Just there's so many things that I didn't cover, that. Uh huh, are just really interesting. But someday, like a year from now, we're gonna be here recording, and you're gonna be like, "Remember episode eight? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> part two coming right <laughs> now." Uh, okay. I think that's all I got. Um, real quick before we go to your topic, um, we have a sponsor this this episode. Um, episode eight of Learn Me Something is sponsored by Milk. two kinds actually i ran out of my two percent and had to switch to mallory's almond milk are you an almond milk fan no but when my mouth feels like it's about to catch on fire it is my favorite drink in the world (laughs) good that's good oh man that was good stuff that was a good that was a good topic i'm proud of you for that one yeah yeah all right what do you got you ready for my topic Yeah. So, let me set the scene for you a little bit. So, this week, I'm sitting, and I'm struggling a little bit trying to find a topic for this episode. And I've got quite a few options lined up, and I have some that I'm trying to save. But I just, I was struggling with a topic that I thought would really fit the week. And... On top of that, I was kind of dreading the whole hot wings thing, which that didn't help. Um, And then I was also thinking about trying to think of some ways that we could grow this podcast. I was trying to kind of mull that over and be creative and come up with ideas. I was just kind of in a slump, like nothing was coming to me. And I sat there forever scrolling and trying to find inspiration. Just couldn't find it. So... I gave up, and I decided, I'm just going to go take a shower. I'm going to go to bed. So I go, and I take my shower, and by the time I get out of the shower, I have my answer to everything, as well (laughs) as three extra ideas for the episode. And I came up with the idea of doing the hot wings in the episode as a way to promote the podcast, all while I was in the shower. So I went into the shower in a slump, like no inspiration, no creativity. And when I came out, I had every answer that I needed. And uh, so that got me thinking. And I wondered, why is that always like that? Like whenever you go take a shower, even if you're super Uh tired, you have Uh some good idea or some interesting thought. And so my topic, Josiah, for the week is why you always have good ideas, and brilliant thoughts in the shower. Shower thoughts. Nice. Shower thoughts. <laughs> there's Well, there's a subreddit called Shower Thoughts. And it's, oh, really? it's literally just, yeah, that's kind of fun to scroll. There's just uh, dumb little things that people post. Yeah. <laughs> like ideas and thoughts that they have? Yeah. All right, I'll have to, I'll have to scroll around. Yeah. Um, so first, 
before we dive into why a shower is an ideal place for brilliance, let me talk about the beforehand of trying to get into that creative state and not being able to. And it comes down to creative thinking versus critical thinking and the role that those two kind of play. So if you're a creative person, you can, you know, think creatively pretty easy. But everybody, I think, listening to this podcast, you included, knows the feeling of when you're trying to be creative and it just won't come, right? For sure. Just can't make the creativity happen. But you're trying to do something, so you sit, so you, so you sit there and just keep trying. Well, the longer you sit and try to be creative, the more your brain switches from creative thinking into critical thinking. And the difference is, is that creative thinking is generative and critical thinking is analytical. And creative thinking is about possibilities. Critical thinking is about probabilities. Creative thinking is about hypothesis forming. And critical thinking is about hypothesis testing. So the longer you focus and try to critically think about a creative concept, the less creative you're actually allowed to be. So that's why if you are trying to just keep forcing creativity, it's going to get harder and harder the more that you're trying. So... Hmm. Let's move into why the shower is the perfect place to break those chains and get creative again. So the first thing is the environment of the shower. Number one, you're relaxed, which is always important. Relaxation uh, releases dopamine in your body, and dopamine is directly linked to creativity. Really? Mm-hmm. Fun fact oh. for you. Uh, another reason that the environment of the shower is good is that there's nothing to occupy your conscious mind. So you're kind of just in this box and there's nothing yeah. to do. You don't have any phones. You don't have, you know, like the, there's nothing to really distract you and get you thinking about things. Wait, you don't have a smart shower? <laughs> do you do? <laughs> Can you imagine just like, a tablet embedded in the wall. You're just scrolling. Just like... <laughs> um, after my topic, if any of you are doing something like that, stop it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's no phones, no nothing to kind of distract you. And then there's no, like, doesn't take any mental energy to be in the shower. You're just kind of in there relaxing. So the next thing, that kind of contributes to uh, a shower's perfect environment is the monotonous activity that you're doing. <clears throat> so all of your action, at least <laughs> I don't want to speak for you, but for me, <laughs> all of my actions are automatic when I'm in the shower. Like I'm, yeah. I'm never sitting there thinking, okay, up next I'm going to reach up <laughs> to the shower dock thing and I'm going to grab the shampoo I'm going to squirt approximately three ounces, <laughs> you know, like nobody, <laughs> you've a done it so long. Size. Yeah, yeah, that everything's just automatic by this point. You don't have to think about it. So again, there's that you're not using your mental energy in the shower, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you're also not bored because your body is still doing, like you're still doing something physical, so you're not yeah. getting bored. <clears throat> um, and both of these things, the environment as well as the activity, 
kind of lead to you naturally being able to be more aware of your inner thoughts, which here's the part that gets interesting for me, at least. There is a specific part of your brain or specific function of your brain that is in charge of daydreaming and like mindless wandering. Mm-hmm. And uh, it only activates in certain instances. And this is what allows people to have these great ideas in the shower. So the what, what it's called in psychology is default mode network. That is the function of the brain that is like, it's the wandering part of the brain, basically. It comes from the medial prefrontal cortex and the posterior cingulate cortex and the angular gyrus. <laughs> I hope nobody knows too much about brains because any one of those <laughs> words could have been pronounced. <laughs> but this part of your brain, uh, it works in the background and it only comes out to play in certain circumstances. So these circumstances are the exact circumstances of when you're taking a shower. You can't be doing any sort of like mental conscious thinking, but you can't be doing nothing and you can't be distracted. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a very specific set of criteria that allows the default mode network to start working. But the default mode network is really cool because it allows you to be creative and imaginative and there's no inhibitions to it. Like your own conscious mind isn't, it's not fighting it. It's not qualifying thoughts for good or bad or quality. It's not trying to force something that doesn't want to come. It's just like flowing thoughts from thing to thing to thing. Hmm. Because you don't have to focus on anything specific or... Yeah, it just, it go, and you really don't have too much control over it. It just kind of goes on its own. It's a, it's like a, almost like your subconscious. It's a different thing, but it's almost like your subconscious in that you're not directly controlling it. You just, in certain circumstances, get into a state where you're able to notice it's working. And it's hmm. able to work a little more frequently. It sounds like it's like a screensaver. It kind of is. Like the, the computer's still on, but it's not doing anything specific. And then all these like weird shapes, I guess, depending on how you have it set, these weird shapes come on. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's super interesting. And it's, uh, it's kind of still being discovered. So... There's been a lot of studies of scientists trying to figure out like where imagination comes from and like where daydreaming is from, how all of that works. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of new, newer as in not the 1900s, which is when a lot of the studies we talk about are done. But like mm-hmm. in the 2000s, this is when people are starting to look into this concept. So it's still a little bit new. I don't think it's still all the way discovered. But they have linked it to, like, uh, schizophrenia, the, like, daydreaming. uh, Like, if it's higher in some people? Well, if it's, I I don't know, like, as far as higher, if it's impacted in some way. 
Like if it's been oh, okay. damaged or it's not acting the way it oh. should. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I imagine if I were to take a guess, it would be that it just pushes things further into your consciousness and you can't decipher what's real and what's not. Okay. Like it, it happens, it could happen whenever, not just in the times where you're like mostly unoccupied mentally. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, this only shows up in the absence of a task that requires deliberative processing. So if you are trying to critically think, this process shuts off. And so scientists started studying it because they thought what their their question that they wanted to test was what happens when your mind's not working on anything? Like when does it just go blank and wait for the next yeah. thing that needs processing? And they found yeah. that, no, it doesn't. When you stop needing to use the processing part of your brain, this part of the brain kicks in. And it's kind of like a really cool design. And it's just, it is able to just kind of flow and think about whatever it wants to. And so it draws from your memories, from your emotions, from things that happened in your past to things that are going to happen in your future to mm-hmm. things that you want to happen or daydreams. Like it, all of this kind of is in a flow that we can't really even control. It just happens. But here's why this gives, this is the core of why this gives us our best ideas when we're in the shower. It's because your brain hates cliffhangers. So if you're working on something in your mind and you don't finish it, you don't complete it, and then you go and let the uh, default mode network activate and start doing its work, it doesn't like that there's a cliffhanger from your life. So it's going to naturally go and start focusing on the cliffhanger, which means that subconsciously you think that you're just taking a shower, taking a break, but your brain subconsciously is still thinking through the problem, but it's thinking through the problem in a way that doesn't have the inhibitions of our like critical mind. It is kind of like free thinking, flowing from thought to thought. And that is why you're often able to like solve problems or come up with cool new ideas when you're in the shower is because it's that part of your brain that kicks in subconsciously and it's just working the problem. And you might not even notice it's happening until it pops into your head. <gasps> maybe I should do my topic on yeah. this for this episode or maybe I should eat the hot wings uh, during the episode to promote the podcast. Like you don't even notice. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, where did that come from? Uh-huh. Because like if you're sitting down to try and do something specific, you are kind of putting yourself in a little box like, oh, I've got to figure out how to fix this problem or do this thing. But then if you leave, you have you'd like take the walls off the box. Yeah. And OK, that's that's that makes sense. You're not in control. The way that I the way that that happens to me, like it's it's also it also happens to me like when I'm when I go on a run. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes if I need to just like think about something, I'll just go on a run because I think also it's like you don't have to think at all about running. Like you yep. just go into autopilot. And then there's also just different stimulation, like things you see around you are are different enough to maybe spark something. Mm-hmm. But it, that might be a little bit different, but 
It sounds pretty similar. No, that's right on. But this all it all makes sense. There's been some studies done, and one kind of case study that I read about, they did a test where they took a bunch of people and they uh, hooked them up to brain monitors, and then they taught them a brand new task, uh, kind of like a novel, something they've never done before, and yeah. they measured this these different parts of their brain, and they found that they weren't active at all. But then they had the people keep coming back, and so they found that the more the people did a certain task, the more or the the less that they had to think about it and be consciously processing, and the more uh, activity the scientists saw in their brain waves where this default mode network is happening. So basically, the trick to get into this mode is to do something that's going to keep you from being bored, but is something that you don't have to focus on at all. Hmm. So a fun example of this, actually, to touch on last episode, too, is Sherlock Holmes. Um, there was a story, or I think maybe a few stories, or a few instances he did this in the books. Um, but there was this crime scene. It was complicated. There were a lot of factors. So Sherlock and Watson, they go in, they look at the crime scene, they take everything in. Watson sits down and starts focusing as hard as he can, trying to come to conclusion and start deducing. And Sherlock just sits down and breaks out his pipe and starts smoking. And eventually Watson says, aren't you going to, like, aren't you going to work on this problem? Aren't you going to try to deduce? And Sherlock said, no, this is a three pipe problem. And so that was his way of saying, I need to sit back, smoke my pipe, and let this other brain mode kick in and kind of do some imagining. And then only then can I start to deduce what's, you know, with the facts and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely super interesting. Because, I mean, everybody knows, like, it's a pretty trendy, popular thing to know that, like, everybody has like cool new brilliant ideas when they're in the shower but yeah. i never would have imagined that there was a specific part of your brain that was designed for moments just like that and it makes me wonder mm. if that's an aspect of our life that uh, the people in our society have kind of missed out on in our like haste and busyness and constant oh, distraction just american culture yeah but it's something that was kind of designed to take place pretty frequently. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Because if you're if you're always doing something, then you're not mm-hmm. necessarily going to get a chance to to get in that headspace unless you're like. I mean, even if you're in, in like the shower and you're like trying to hurry up so you can go do something. Yeah. And you can't. It, yeah, it was interesting that your your body or your brain is literally designed for you to step back into those monotonous activities and let like a whole different part of your brain do some thinking. And that's why people think they get so many good ideas is because they actually every once in a while let that brain have its way or that part of the brain have its way. So it makes you wonder if you allowed that more often or if you focused on that more often, like how many good ideas or interesting thoughts you would have had by now. Yeah. Uh, I've had a couple people say to me that like they're they're not creative 
Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm I'm not very creative. So, um, but I I think everybody's creative just in a different way. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's kind of what creativity is: is thinking about things differently and thinking about things in a new way. I and it it, it probably differs for different people how they can uh, most effectively get new ideas. Like some people, like for me, it's it's running mm-hmm. is really helpful for coming up with new ideas. But I'm sure there's a lot of different activities that just depend on the person that that help the most with creativity. Yeah, I read a lot of articles on this, and uh, there's a lot of different things. Like one person said their way was just cleaning. Like they were like, that keeps their body active, but it's kind of mindless yeah. for them, and they say that's when they get their yeah. best activity, or their best ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting. And they did find in the study I told you about that uh, people have different levels of this brain activity so to an extent like people some people are more creative than other people yeah by you know how their brains are designed but i definitely would agree with you that everybody can be creative i also read something that said the reason you don't see a lot of creativity in a lot of adults is because they kind of grew up thinking that as adults you have to go like logical critical thinking be smart in that way and they kind of disregard the importance of imagination and letting yourself daydream yeah like a lot of people think that's a sign of immaturity to get kind of Mm -hmm. lost in a daydream or thinking about you know fighting a dragon or (laughs) whatever it is but it's the articles i read said it's actually like a really important part of life because it exactly what you said it allows you to kind of break out of the box of what your conscious mind wants to do like critically thinking and all of that and just think in different ways and come up with new ideas and all of that uh do you know if there's a difference between men and women uh because like women typically are better multitaskers is what i've heard so yeah. I wonder, does that does that play into it at all? Like, can women do more <laughs> uh, something a task that requires more uh, focus and still kind of enter this brain space? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I didn't read anything about that. If I had okay. to guess, I would say that men and women can enter into that space equally, but that uh, the ways that they experience the space or like the the things that the default mode network chooses to think about may be different from guys than it is with girls i don't (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah that's just a that's that's not a researched fact that's just a caleb guess right just based off of the physiological differences based on the difference between you and mallory (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm always thinking of monster trucks and uh, right. dinosaurs and fire, yeah, and guns. <laughs> dinosaurs is like a, that's like a little boy thing. Yeah, and uh, World War One pigeon war heroes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'll close with I guess how to be creative. So number one, you need to get rid of distractions. Uh, most of the articles that I read. It, 
are saying that d digital distractions are pretty much killing creativity because we have our, our brains are basically being rewired to have a need for those. So if you're sitting, instead of just sitting and letting your mind wander, you think, I can't just be sitting. Let me grab my phone. I'll scroll yeah. Instagram for a while. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you we're, our society basically is saying, don't ever let this brain mode take over. If you ever get in a position where you're not actively thinking about something, just pull out your phone and mindlessly scroll. But uh, you're not able to get into that default mode network with digital distractions because your brain is still consciously analyzing everything you see on your phone. So if you're scrolling Instagram, for say, if even if it feels mindless, your brain is still, you know, comparing pictures, looking at likes, reading comments, all of this stuff. And it's yeah. too distracting to be able to be mindless enough to get into that more creative state. Uh, number two is take breaks, especially if you feel like you're trying, if like you're starting to force creativity, just take a break and do something that you know will be like you don't have to critically think about. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll jump right back into that kind of flow, that state of flow and creativity um, without mm. even trying to. Uh, number three, find your activity that, you know, that works for you. Like for me, I, I get a lot of good ideas from the shower, like I told you. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> like I'll, another one is like guitar. If I'm just kind of not trying to play well, just kind of mindlessly strumming, that kind of works for me too. Uh -huh. Um Anyway, it's different. It's different for everybody. So you gotta just gotta yeah. find the thing that you're into. And then number four is you can't try to control and force your brain into a certain position at all times. Like if it's starting to wander and you're starting to daydream, just kind of let it happen. Don't try to be in control all the time. And a lot of times that will kind of help you jump back into that creative state. Within reason, though, it's like if you're a surgeon, <laughs> you're like in the mid middle of a surgery, it's like, I wonder, you just start yeah. thinking about other stuff. That was I the other thing, what though. that machine does. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other thing, though, is that you can't do, for whatever reason, and it's interesting, you can't do nothing. Like, you have to be doing something with your body to kind of distract your conscious mind so that this other default mode network can jump in and start doing its work. So like I, I read some studies about how people know about this and are trying to meditate, but how that doesn't work because you're doing nothing oh, and your goal is to just, just yeah. And so you're still focused in meditation. You're focused. Your focus is just on nothing. So you're not supposed yeah. to let your mind wander. So you almost have to go out knowing that you're, you shouldn't have a goal of coming up with an idea. Like if you think of it as a break and not as like a idea generating session, then maybe that might be more helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think the second you're the second you get yourself and I mean like your conscious mind, the part you control when I say yourself, the second you get yourself involved in the process, I think it kind of, negates the default mode network's ability to do its thing because you're still in control. So you kind of have to, it, 
I think for someone it's not natural for, which I think for me it's kind of, I'm kind of a natural daydreamer anyway. Yeah. Or a natural yeah. imaginer. For someone who's not like that, I think you can learn this, but you just have to kind of practice not letting your logical, rational brain get in the way of this more creative part. Yeah, and just ask lots of questions. Yeah. I guess if you are like a really good surgeon and you're just <laughs> doing like a a surgery that's like a dime a dozen, maybe that's like your space, you know? I think if you... <laughs> <laughs> If you get to the point where you're so comfortable with surgery that you're not like consciously <laughs> thinking about it, then you've got something psychologically wrong with you in the first place. <laughs> if like if your focus isn't 100% on like the brain that you're poking at with a needle, you, I don't know how surgery like, works, but that's what I always oh, picture. That's just That's yeah, that's where I come up with all my good ideas. It's just mid-surgery. <laughs> think i might have steak later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just came up with the best idea <laughs> anyway there you have it i figured i really like to tell about stories and random things so i thought this episode i would come prepared with something that could actually like help a person like help you yeah get better so there you have it your yeah. first self-help learn me something <laughs> yeah i'm gonna practice this i'm gonna go on I'm going to go on runs with the uh, intention of not only trying to just stay active, but also as like a, think think of it more, or also as like a way to keep my brain healthy and not just my body. Yeah. So that's mm. cool. Mm-mm-mm. Good stuff. Okay, Josiah, yeah. 30 seconds. Why do people vote for you this week? Uh, I talked about pigeons and... <laughs> Uh, that, I'm, that's really all I need to know. <laughs> Basically, how helpful they've been to humanity. And Sharami uh, uh, saved 197 men's lives. Uh, they can identify breast cancer. Um, and they are not as big of a nuisance as you think. Actually, they might be a big nuisance, but they're a smart nuisance. <laughs> smart nuisance. <laughs> okay, and... Uh... I talked about a concern that almost everybody in the world has, which is how do I be more creative and how do I have better ideas? And I think that I kind of effectively gave people a method for going about the madness and discovering the solution to their problems. So if you ask me, that's worth a vote. Maybe. Oh, uh, we didn't discuss what the punishment for this week would be. Uh, what if we uh, have people have the listeners decide again? Okay. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Do like a tournament bracket yep. style. Okay. So we'll, uh, sh- do you want to use ones that people have already submitted or give people a chance to put some new ideas in there? Let's give people a chance to put some new ideas out. Okay. If you need to take a shower and think about it, get a really good yeah. punishment oh. idea. Yeah. Good. That was a good like bow on the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a shower, go for a run, do some knitting, maybe a surgery if you're into that, <laughs> and uh, and we'll we'll uh, we'll put some up on Instagram stories that you can put in your good idea for a punishment for this episode that the loser will have to do, and you can find Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter 
at Learn Podcast. And uh, you can vote there for the winner. And uh, yeah. Yep. Once again, that is Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter. And that's at Learn Podcast. That's where we have a lot of fun. We share some extra facts about our topic each week. We share some random facts in general. And uh, we have a great time. So come give us a follow. And yeah, um, I, the funniest picture I've found in a long time, it's of a pigeon trying to identify (laughs) breast cancer. It's so funny. It's just, it's sit, it's like a pigeon just standing in a box, like inches away from a screen, just, (laughs) just looks completely out of it. But it, it, it made me laugh out loud by myself for probably about 10, 15 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll, I'll post that later this week. Yes. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Oh, uh, last week I said I'd pick somebody who reviewed us and send them a thing. So I've got that thing here and that winner. Let me pull it up. The winner is drum drum roll listeners do a drum roll do a drum roll okay right here uh bear in mind the photographer which i think is uh joey baron so if you uh are listening to this joey then message us your address and i'll send you the thing that you have won for reviewing us and if you want me to send you a thing review us doesn't have to be a five star but it can be uh a four star no just kidding it can be anything it can be anything, and uh, every week I'll, I'll pick somebody to send a thing to. Yeah, so if you want a thing, a random, mysterious, unknown thing. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say? I don't think so. I have finally okay. cooled down all the way, I think. Good. And now I'm just suffering the effects of having uh, drank... A lot of milk. <laughs> but other than that, I feel great yeah. now. So Okay. It was a good episode. It was Maybe fun stuff. Like... Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good idea, by the way. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening and reviewing and uh, interacting with us on social media. It's a lot of fun, and we enjoy doing this a lot. Yep. Um, thanks for listening. Play us out, Larry. Larry.